I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources here on a Tuesday. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And, you know, we've been talking about all of the great things that have been going on. We can can say our politics has failed, uh, but America will not. And part of the reason it won't is because of the American people, because they they just do things. And one of the projects that we have been tracking over the last several weeks is Project Protect – and uh, very pleased to be joined in studio today by the Sarah Weaver. Uh, she is the editor of the Church News and has also been following this uh, project very closely. Sarah, thanks for joining us today. It's nice to be here. It's almost as good as a barbecue or a smoked meat dinner uh, to have you in studio. So uh, so here we have uh, Project Protect. Just for our listeners who maybe haven't been following this as closely, uh, I actually want to play a little sound of an interview uh, that we did with President Gene Bingham, who is the General Relief Society President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and one of the key drivers uh, of this effort. Over 100 years ago, Relief Society doctors and midwives helped establish some of the first health institutions in Utah. And this is an exciting time to these many years later to partner with Intermountain Healthcare and University of Utah Health Systems on a new project. These people are dedicated, creative, and some of the finest healthcare providers in the country. Utah is successfully addressing COVID-19 with strong social distancing, personal protective equipment for medical professionals, and the use of cloth masks by the general public when away from home to help each other keep safe. So it was President Gene Bingham uh, giving a little bit of an outline. Uh, Sarah, give us a few more details in terms of what was the purpose of this, what's been accomplished over the last four weeks. Well, they were hoping to help protect Utah health care providers um, as the COVID-19 crisis intensified in the state. And uh, they turned to the to the local citizens and said, how can you help? And as a result, they needed 10,000 volunteers a week for five weeks to sew five million masks. That is so extraordinary. I was uh, I was being interviewed on uh, Bloomberg radio yesterday and they were asking how things were going in Utah. So I I described this Project Protect uh, and they couldn't quite wrap their head around it. They're saying you had 10,000 people show up every week and pick up kits for 100 masks, and then they get them done by the end of the week. Give us some of the the by-the-numbers stuff, because this is just fascinating to me. Yeah, so these, these kits are prepackaged. They pick them up and they sew them. And um, if, if you have an average kit has 100 masks in it, it takes a good sewer about 15 hours 
Uh, some of those sewers may have gotten faster as time went on, and, and some of us may have stayed equally slow, taking uh, lots of hours. But on average, you, each, each kit took 15 hours. That's about 750,000 donated hours of time. And if you compare that to the average work week, um, you've got 52 work weeks in a year. People take two weeks vacation. And so that's about 2,000 hours of work a year that we each put in when we work full time. And so uh, the bottom line is Project Protect represents about 375 years of full time work. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that number again. Three hundred seventy-five years of full-time work uh, being represented by this project, uh, and again, it's uh, it's got to one more week to go. They give everyone a little extra time because of the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, what what else do they? Well, actually, you know what? I want to go to. Uh, We've got some sound from Sharon Eubanks. Uh, you and I were out there uh, on one of the mornings, one of the Saturdays, when people were delivering uh, their uh, completed masks for those uh, health care workers or frontline folks. And uh, we had a chance to, to talk to Sharon Eubanks, uh, who heads Latter-day Saint Charities and is also a member of the Relief Society General Presidency. Uh, and she talked about just how amazing it was to watch who was showing up having completed these masks. I was at the Murray DI last week on Saturday watching people come in, and what struck me was the variety of people who are coming. So, you know, in a Cadillac are an elderly couple with matching face masks, you know, and they, they've worked all week, and they're so excited. And right behind them is a monster truck with a young couple with kids strapped in back seats, you know, and they're bringing theirs. And every car was somebody different with a different situation. And to me, this really points out, this is Utah. This is who we are, and we respond to situations like this. I, I just love that description between the the old folks in the Cadillac to the young couple with kids in the back of the monster truck. Uh, but everyone is participating. I think she nailed it. She said, this is Utah. Uh, and again, this collaborative effort between Intermountain Healthcare, University of Utah Health, Latter-day Saint Charities, and a, a host of other nonprofits and volunteers uh, is, is really an extraordinary thing. Sarah, Sarah as you followed this, uh, what else has stood out for you uh, in terms of what this project really represents well i had no idea that we had that many people in this state that could sew <laughs> or at, left in the world that knew how to sew <laughs> at, at, at our house usually it's my husband that uses the sewing machine um but but really people rallied in large numbers and and for those people who couldn't sew they connected with a neighbor who might be able to pin the mass or fold them the way they needed to be folded uh, you saw a lot of collaboration of people working together in neighborhoods to complete this. And um, and in the end, the project was so successful that that uh, Latter-day Saint Charities and, and Project Protect is planning an encore week in mid-June. So if you didn't participate, you'll get one more shot. Uh, that's, it's such a great story, and it's it's such a great example to me of just what happens uh, it's really the essence, I think, of who we are in this state in particular and in, and in this country. Uh, it used to be the old barn racing. You know, if if your neighbor's barn burned to the ground, the community just showed up to raise a new barn. And it didn't require the government to tell them to do it. It didn't require a threat of a tax or a penalty or imprisonment to, to get people to do it or any kind of incentive program. It was just an ask. Uh, and and you just show up and and you do that and uh, these these stories uh, are so inspiring. Uh, in fact, can you give us just a uh, a quick version of uh, this? Went all the way to the markets in Africa, Mozambique. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, the 
the General Relief Society president, see of the of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, uh, told a story about a a mask project in Biera, Mozambique, where local traders in the dense markets were um, at risk because they did not have the money to buy masks or the materials. And so the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints purchased some fabric, gave it to to local Latter-day Saint families, and asked them to sew that. Now, what was most impressive to the Relief Society General Presidency was that uh, most of the families in Mozambique don't have sewing machines. Yeah. So these masks were completed by hand. Oh. And then they were delivered into the markets uh, for the people who were actually supplying the food that, that the village in that area were eating. And um, it, it, again, was just like what we're doing here, a community solution to a community problem. Yeah, community problem solving is uh, is really the answer. Uh, and it just goes back to what we often talk about, that never under the un- underestimate the power of one person. We asked President Bingham uh, about this a couple Saturdays ago, and she said this. It starts with an individual. And now we have one individual at a time who signs up on Just Serve, and then they come one car at a time, one person at a time, they sew one mask at a time, and then they bring them all back. One person at a time makes a huge difference. It's like a, you're talking about a waterfall, you know, one drop, but when all come together, then look at the power that those ones have together. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, Sarah Weaver, the Sarah Weaver, Sarah Jane Weaver, the editor of the Church News. Thanks for joining us. Talk about Project Protect, great program, uh, great things to continue to, to come out there. All right, as we wrap up uh, for a Tuesday, uh, just a reminder that nothing is too small, no impact is too insignificant to matter and to make a difference. Now it's your turn. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.